Zebra School proudly presents Zebra Ears, a podcast for new parents. It is our mission to bring you relevant health and education content to help you navigate your baby's first three years of life in a calm and confident way. We've gathered some of the best pediatric care specialists and other experts to answer some of your most burning questions about parenthood. So thanks for stopping by. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Zebra Ears podcast. Today, our guests are Dr. Aperna Behetti and Dr. Steve Schaaf, and they're going to be talking to us about changing from a one-child household to a two-child household. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. This is great. So we're continuing our conversation. Primarily, we've been looking at a baby's development, and um, but as you, new parents to a second child, I'd like to get started by asking you both to tell me a little bit about yourself. So I uh, am from Ohio originally and um, then uh, went to University of Virginia for medical school where, uh, where we met and uh, started dating and we were uh, married at the end of our time in medical school. Um, uh, after which we both trained at the University of Virginia and then have uh, moved to Wisconsin for an extra year of uh, fellowship uh, for me uh, in uh, disorders of the voice, airway, and swallowing, uh, subspecialty of ear, nose, and throat, which was my general training. Um, and then uh, we've since moved to Washington to start our first, uh, my first job and, and Upper Nose's second job. Um, and. And I, I grew up uh, in the D.C. area and um, did all my training at University of Virginia. Um, and then um, I specialized in vascular and interventional radiology, um, focusing on vascular disease. Um, and I, I work for a private practice group out here. Um, Steve mentioned we now both live in Tacoma, Washington, so pretty far away from where our families are. Um, and we're just making it. <laughs> awesome. So thank you for being here again, and congratulations. I know you have a three-year-old and an eight-week-old. So can you tell us a little bit about how it's changed from parenting one child to two, especially in these crazy times that we're living in? Well, um, that's a really great question. Um, it's definitely been very difficult transitioning from one child to two, two kids, um, especially because our three-year-old is kind of at a stage where she's more independent and can do a lot of, a lot of daily tasks on her own um, to having this small baby again, um, who's like completely dependent on you for everything. Um, it's something that I seem to have forgotten from when our other child was so small. Um, one of the main, the main things is um, there's often times now where both of us have to be engaged with the children um, because a, a single adult's attention on the on one child is required and then the baby's crying and somebody has to take care of her so um, it, it requires a lot more buy-in from both of us at all times um, and um, a lot more time from both of us actually too anything to add Steve yeah I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges is that there's we went from where you know at the end of a busy day there was at least some ability to to trade off and uh, uh, provide a little of that time for sort of disconnecting from the stress of the day and now it, it sort of just flows seamlessly from one 
to the other. <laughs> so there's not a lot of uh, let off during the day, you know, coming home from work and uh, transitioning into the next the next stage. And so it's kind of running dawn to dusk, uh, which is a little different than it was. It, it, we had kind of gotten into a pretty steady, easy rhythm, you know, in the in the previous year or two. So you guys are in the early stages of being parents of two. So we often hear about um, sometimes an older child going through a little bit of regression. So how did you prepare your older child for becoming uh, a sibling and being the, you know, the older sibling? Was there something that you did specifically or did you kind of ride along with? Oh, that's a great question. And we put a lot of thought into that before our uh, younger daughter was born. we tried to prepare our older daughter as much as we could um, by introducing her to, um, to stories where there was an older sibling and a younger baby. Um, fortunately, there's plenty of books out there about becoming a big sister. Um, <laughs> and we, um, she, she was acutely aware, you know, that I was pregnant because my belly was getting bigger and she would keep asking about it. Um, and being excited about it. So we just, we tried to prepare her by letting her know that she was going to have a lot more responsibility as a big sister, um, uh, both by um, modeling behaviors and also just having to play on her own a little bit more because mommy and daddy wouldn't be fully devoted to her all the time anymore. Um, And uh, we we tried to encourage her that this would be a, a positive step in her life and eventually the baby would become a playmate for her. Um, although currently she's kind of just a sack of potatoes, <laughs> but um, you know, a, a couple years from now, I, I imagine they'll be playing together quite well. Um, so we're fortunate because our daughter has been uh, very, how would you say it? Um, she's, she's kind hearted. She's, she's just really excited to be an older sister. Um, for the most part, she doesn't really mind. She understands when, I have to go feed Ani um, or dad has to walk her around. Um, there haven't been a lot of jealousy issues so far. Um, another factor that's been really helpful is um, we live on the West Coast. Our parents are on the East Coast, but we planned it out so that uh, when baby was born, uh, we would have some help from both sides of the family for about a month. Um, and so having other adults in the house to interact with our older child um, has proved proved so helpful because in the evenings, um, you know, when Steve came home from work, um, it was just nice to have another adult there that could could interact with Leela and play with her. Leela's our older daughter, um, yes. and uh, and just provide the outlet that she needed to have to have some adult companionship uh, without feeling like she was neglected from by us. Uh, I I have to say, I noticed with my own nieces who are about the same um, age difference as your daughters, that my older niece had a tendency to consider the baby hers. And we would often find her having conversations or being very much wanting to hold. Are you seeing the same sense of, oh, this is my baby. I'm very excited in that respect. Yeah, it's been really cute. Leela often calls her my Ani. Um, (laughs) So she's been she's been really enthusiastic about being part of uh you know having her here and yeah there is kind of that possession in a good way the feeling of you know responsibility and to some degree i you know some of our bedtime stories involve 
the two of them and being older and her being responsible for her little sister. And I think she's really, um, really likes that and really has engaged with it. So I think it's really <laughs> been a positive thing in general for the way she approaches it. Um, which was of course always a worry, you know, with a, a younger sibling, um, how, how that engagement would be. So we've, we've heard horror stories of, um, you know, like mom comes home from the hospital and the, the older kid just like freaks out <laughs> and maybe might start displaying some aggressive behavior towards the, the baby. And that just escalates the situation. I mean, we've just been really fortunate that our daughter has chosen to react in a positive manner to this change in her life. That's awesome. So, um, this is an odd question because the times are already kind of wild because we're just living in a completely different world than the first time. So how would you say that parenting has changed um, in terms of one, getting help, say from the outside or just in different things that you're noticing as parents for the second time that maybe you either didn't see the first time or you're just enjoying a second time around? Um. Getting help from outside, that's a really important point that you touched on. Um, it's, it's been um, a bit of a struggle to find good help for a couple of reasons. Well, first of all, the pandemic. So we don't, um, we have to have an extra layer of caution of bringing anybody uh, in our house that isn't part of our family, um, both from a, from a perspective of us getting infected and missing work or uh, putting our patients in a position of risk. Um, and then also, uh, you know, the risk to our older daughter as well. Um, fortunately, been able to find um, some really good um, babysitting help from within my company, um, but that has definitely been a challenge trying to find somebody. Um, and then the other part of it is we're across the country from our family, so we can't really rely on our parents to or, or any relatives uh, in, a, in a pinch for, for an emergency. Um, to be able to watch the kids for a while. So we're really kind of on our own out here. Um, we don't really have any connections out here. And we've just been trying to make friends, which obviously is really difficult to do in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, you know, we've had a little bit of support from our colleagues at work who understand what a difficult position we're in. Um, and I've, I've been granted a significant amount of maternity leave to, to manage childcare in the interim. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been a really big challenge. Um, one thing I've noticed though, is with my first daughter, there was like a lot of pressure to go out and join mom groups and do mm -hmm. activities, you know, like the baby and mom activities. None of that stuff exists anymore because those activities just aren't yes. a thing right now. And it's been yeah. really refreshing because I'm a, I'm a pretty type A person. I think if, if those opportunities did exist, I would probably seek them out. Um, and it would cause stress in our household and things like that. Um, and I'm just, I'm kind of thankful because this is, this, this maternity leave has, has forced me to live at a pace of life that I'm not really used to, but I'm really enjoying. That was going to be my next question about if you were finding it different this time around, um, not having those outside influences and, uh, I guess you could say certain requirements to be outside. Uh, are there any books that either of you read during the time um, leading into your first child's birth and now into your second daughter's birth? Were there any books that you read that you considered very helpful or any uh, pieces of information that you came along that 
were just, you know, good information that even as a physician might have been something that you might not have thought of before. Yeah, I'm struggling to recall. I know we read the, or I read parts of the standard uh, what to expect book um, as well. And I looked into a couple others. There was one that we found that was a, uh, a pretty good list. And I'm just trying to remember the title of it because it was a long time ago with our first daughter. Um, but it was pretty helpful in that it, uh, it provided uh, a good amount of information about the site, the sort of psychobiology of, of early childhood. Um, it was written by a neuropsychologist, I believe. I'm just seeing if I can find it. Um, but that, that I thought was probably the best was just a chance to, I, I particularly enjoy getting some combination of the, um, of the scientific background in addition to the, uh, to the, uh, other background. Oh, brain rules for baby. That was the name of it. Brain rules for baby. Yeah. Okay. We'll put that in the link in the podcast <laughs> link. Um, and then also one with a more, uh, dramatic title that I did think was valuable too, was called the collapse of parenting. Um, okay. and that was written by a physician who actually noticed some major, who is, observing a lot of changes in his patients um, and, and the interactions between his pediatric patients and their parents. And what he observed is a, a change in, um, in his biggest concern was the change in respect uh, he was observing. He was observing a lot of kids showing a lot less respect for both parents, but also uh, authority figures in society like teachers and physicians, among mm -hmm. others. Um, over the time of his career. And so he started to look at worldwide how these, these things are taught and engaged and, um, and observing some of the shifts in American parenting that, that concerned him. And I thought there, there were some really good points about the importance of teaching children uh, respect and, and the need for boundaries that, that children mm -hmm. have. The, uh, I, I think there was you know, he, he sort of a shift in parenting where with the emphasis on, um, quote unquote, protecting children, uh, where in reality they need clear guidance. They need clear uh, uh, description of what's right and wrong and, and where they can uh, where they can explore and where is uh, not appropriate to explore and, and how they uh, interact with the world. So for me, I perhaps fall into more traditional view in terms of how, how that parent child relationship should, should engage. But I, I think it's been really valuable because I've, you know, observed at least from, you know, working, spending time with our daughter, I feel like we've been able to establish uh, relatively clear boundaries and guidelines for her that she's able to flourish, you know, with the knowledge that there is, some structure in her world. Um, so, it, you know, it was a more dramatic book, but I think it was really insightful in terms of the importance of, of those things in, uh, in raising children. So on the same note, we know that in the last several decades, um, being a dad has changed from the way that some of us were, um, how our relationships with our dads. So I, might I ask you, what is your favorite part of being a dad in this modern era where dads are given kind of like a greater hierarchy in the actual care of children 
So what has been your favorite part um, of that in the difference in how uh, fathers parent now versus maybe when you were a child with your own parents? I think, you know, for me, a lot of the fun is just, uh, just our, our ability to, um, play, uh, a lot together. And, um, you know, I was fortunate. I had, I think really dedicated parents and a really dedicated father, but like you mentioned, it was, it was a little bit, uh, different in that, you know, he, uh, had a lot of, um, sort of responsibilities of keeping the house, the, the house together in a physical sense. So he spent a lot of time kind of, uh, constructing the house. And so I, I learned a lot from that as I got older, but early in my life, I think, you know, he was engaged in that a lot, um, uh, and with my older siblings. So it, for me, just having, you know, one child has been really fun, really enjoyable to, uh, to just play with her and and it's been a different experience to have a girl because i grew up with all brothers um he grew up in a he's the youngest of five boys yeah. wow so it's a very different environment lots more lots more dresses and uh princess stories so but it, it's it's been a lot of fun it's been really enjoyable i think there's a lot as you mentioned there's a lot more shared responsibility um you know, I, I know that the statistics show that fathers spend, spend a lot more time with their children, you know, on average than they used to. Um, the interesting caveat to all that is mothers also spend a lot more time with their children than they used to, <laughs> uh, from what I understand. So it, it's been a really interesting uh, shift as we are much more, I think, engaged uh, on average in parenting, um, uh, you know, in, in the current era. Um, Right. And there's this expectation as, as parents nowadays to especially, you know, um, parents in high functioning careers that the time that you're outside of work should be entirely devoted to your children. Um, part of that is guilt. Part of that is just basically you want your kid to have the best so that they get ahead. Um, but part of, but what was that statistic you read that, that working women now spend spend more time with their children than than stay at home moms in the 50s yeah, yeah. wow wow <laughs> that's so surprising it, it is but it and it also just highlights the the different sort of combination of of societal expectations but those are societal expectations are largely created by those with within the society so it's sort of this engaged uh this back and forth uh self self-fulfilling cycle where you know everyone feels that they need to be this certain kind of parent and then society reflects that back and and you sort of have this ever escalating cycle um where people people feel i think uh that that they need to be um you know everything for their children and also provide everything but also work full-time and and provide financially and um, it, it's a it's a real challenge, I think, is that we face societally is how we we de-escalate a little bit from this intensive uh, parenting paradigm. Um, like, for <laughs> example, we, we got a seven page report card for our preschooler yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Seven pages. <laughs> yeah, like detailing like what areas she needs improvement on and. Like the, the, my favorite part was the PE section because yeah. it like it graded like how good she was at galloping and jumping and throwing and catching. And the first thing, I mean, 
try not to get too involved in this, but the first thing I looked at was like, oh man, we got to work on her throwing and yeah. catching skills. Yeah. Like, she's not up to par. <laughs> and then you take a step back and you're like, she's three. She's going to be five. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And it's this, this, the counter pressures of sort of, you know, wanting the best for your child and wanting them to, to achieve the most that they are of which they're capable but at the same time, you're you're uh, wondering the degree to which you, you know that really is dependent on us as parents, um, because you know so much of of children achieving really is driven by their own their own development, which we can help to shape. But but is really there's so many factors involved that we actually probably control a lot less of it than we think we do. Um, so it, it's a really challenging. Uh, consideration in, in terms of how we approach approach it and and i'm not sure what the right answer is i think that's the biggest challenge so as a two-parent two-physician household have you found that one are uh children's doctors seeing them less now than they were say a year and a half ago before the start of the pandemic and two are you finding that it's uh, easier or more difficult to take off the medical hat when you get home and just be mom and dad and not look at everything in terms of, is this okay? Or um, It's, it's yeah. a lot better with our, our second child than our first child. As I'm sure a lot of folks will tell you, your, your threshold for concern is so much uh, higher with your second child. Like, is that right? Did I say that right? I think so. Yeah. So basically I'm not, yeah. I'm not <laughs> like if Ani does something or, or, you know, acts a certain way, I'm not immediately introspectively thinking back to my medical school days of everything that could possibly wrong be right. wrong with her, which is definitely different than what it was like with our first child, Leela. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely easier to take off the doctor hat with your second kid um, and have a higher threshold for concern. Um, Ani was also born a little bit early, so she was uh, she was termed. She was born at 37 weeks um, because of some mm -hmm. um, concerns about her growth. Um, and uh, so the first few weeks for her were really just about bulking her up and getting her to be a, like a larger baby with a little more heft to her and a little more reserve. Um, and I think one of the one of the important things that helped us this time was. Ani was really good at breastfeeding, um, and I did not have that same experience with my first daughter, with Leela. Like, it was a real struggle for me. Um, if it had been like that with Ani, I think I would have struggled a lot, especially being far away from everybody and not really knowing the resources in this mm -hmm. area. So I guess my caution just to other moms is if you're struggling with breastfeeding early on, just get help because it's something that can be really rewarding, but it also takes a lot of work sometimes to get to a place where you're comfortable with it. Okay, so um, I, I want to thank you for offering advice because that is my final question for you. What would be uh, the best advice that you would give to parents who are, are about to walk into the, the two-parent household for the first time as well? And uh, what would you say the most joyful thing for them to focus on would be? Um, I think, you know, what a lot of people told us was that it's not, 
at getting into a, a two child situation that it's uh it's not just one plus one it it somehow is like multiples of that um which is true because sometimes there's just times where it seems like it's it somehow you know two children are far too many for two adults but um, <laughs> for the most part it, it's it's good i think that um you know just understanding that you know the in general, and, and this is kind of something that also we have to take as physicians in general, you know, people will do do well, um, if left, you know, that you kind of just need to shepherd shepherd the kids along and they'll, they'll do well. So really just remembering that that the vast majority of the time things are going to be okay, <laughs> even when it seems like maybe they're not going to be so you always just have to kind of be be uh, be aware of the the big picture that things are are gonna go in the right direction, and you just have to to keep a steady hand and and support the uh, the children in the way that they need um, uh, going forward. My advice would just be to set yourself up for success. So if you have the mm -hmm. resources and the ability to have somebody, another adult um, in the house with you um, to help help manage the older child, um, that will be so valuable. Um, if you, if another thing you can look into is getting like a mother's helper. So just like usually like a teenager or something to come and help out for a couple hours mm -hmm. in the afternoon or evening. Um, basically just like another human being who's an adult or an almost an, an adult to help with basic childcare things. Um, that will be so important for your sanity. Um, and it'll, it'll help decompress a lot of the stressors that come with having a new baby while you also have another child uh, pulling at your leg the whole time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and for sharing your experience. Uh, you guys have thank a great Thank you for interviewing you. us. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions or would like to leave a comment about this episode, please visit our website at thezebraschool.com. There, you'll be able to access our library of episodes, find parenting resources, and browse our collection of product offerings and more.